It's satisfaction time, guys and gals. Ah, uh, here it goes. This is a new model for our show. It's just soundboard for an hour and a half. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I do People think just have to deal with it. I think it'd be fun to get like a soundboard app and just try it uh, for an episode, making funny sounds. We should do that. I think. Pardon me. I think you should do that because I think you have better comedic timing than I do. And I have experience using a soundboard for comedic timing. Cool. Yeah. Rob, you, Rob yeah, you, you absolutely once. do. Rob bought yeah. me one. <laughs> I remember when you carried that around with you for for a while. I made some killer fucking jokes to that soundboard. Yeah. I don't remember anyone in particular. I just remember the look of satisfaction on your face whenever you used it. <laughs> it's so much fun. So many people hated that thing so much. It was great. Yeah. And it was one of those things where you like all, almost always forgot it was in the in, even in the play. Right. You know? Like we should have figured that you had it on you, but I think everyone always forgot about it. Yeah. Um so Apparently, I have jock itch. Um, Do you know what this is? Well, is it? It involves your uh, your underpant region. If I yeah, it involves my balls. Um, right, the region under your pant. Yeah, under the pant, under the underwear. Um, and it and itches. And it itches. And I was nervous because I was like, I really don't want an STD. And then I was looking it up and I found out it was jock itch, which is basically just athlete's foot on your balls. It's called, uh, yeah, athlete's dick. Athlete's dick. Um, um, Michael Scholzer had a really good joke about that where he said that he, he, he thinks athlete's foot is such a great name for like a, a, an ailment. Mm-hmm. And no other ailments are named that way. And so he thinks that everything should be. And, uh, mm. the example he gave was that he thinks, uh, he said, he thinks herpes should be called fuckers cock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I like it a lot. Yeah. I got a case of uh, fuckers cock. Yeah. But it's real uncomfortable. I and bet. It's kind I... of unavoidable considering that I work in a kitchen. A yeah. Lot. And I'm kind of surprised I've never gotten it before. That sucks. I've been dealing with it for like five days now. How long until it goes away? Um, I feel like it's going away now. Nice. I got some cream today. Ooh. That's all you can do, really. Let's get some Lotrimin. So you just real itchy? It's uh, it's itchy and like it's it's raw in some spots too. That sucks. Yeah. So. So how do I, I not like, get it? I think. I don't know how how you you just basically keep yourself clean, but even if you're like even if you do that, um, you still run the chance of getting it if you're very active. You're sweating a lot, chafing yeah. like greasy yeah. kitchen area. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, that sucks, Heath. I'm sorry. You have my sympathies. Uh, it's okay. I just wanted all the guys and gals out there to be aware of jock itch, and that way they don't feel it. so alone if they have it. Yeah. Um, and it also, it might not be crabs, which is what I thought it was. Yeah. That would be 
Uh, I mean, it, it, like if you're going to get something down there, crabs is probably one of the best things to get. Mm-hmm. But uh, it still wouldn't be fun. No. And you have to do all kinds of treatment and stuff. Yeah. But jock, jock itch, uncomfortable, but you just go to the store, get some Lotrimin, good to go. Cut off your testicles, no problem. Yeah. See, it doesn't really suck so much during the day when I'm walking around because I feel like I have so much to do that my mind's not on it. But it's yeah. like when I get home and then I have to shower and you have to like scrub it with soap and water and it's just irritated because of that. That's the worst part. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, jock itch. Not good, but treatable. What have you been up to? Hopefully not getting jock itch. No, so far no jock itch. Um, let's see. When's the last? It's been like two weeks since we've talked. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been up to anything too exciting, I don't think. I'm trying to think. Yeah. I feel like I'm Well, let me ask you out. this. Did you play any betas for any games lately? Oh, yes, I did. Um, I played, Tessa, me, and our friend Jimmy played the Destiny 2 beta on the PC. And uh, we quite... How was that experience? Quite enjoyed it. None of us had any idea what to expect. Mm -hmm. And uh, we liked it a lot. Because none of you played Destiny 1. Correct. So what Um, was that like kind of jumping into 2 not really knowing anything about it. Um, Were you able to like keep up and kind of understand what was going on? It took me a little time to like figure out, you know, my keys and what I was doing and everything. And uh, mm-hmm. we spent so much time with Overwatch too, that it's like just getting used to different buttons, doing different things. Yeah. Um, but no, it was really, I really, really liked how little the game told me. Um, I thought that was super fun because it wasn't like presses to do this presses. To, like it didn't really walk you through much. It's just sort of as, plopped you down in a little to like intro area and you ran around mm-hmm. and shot some stuff. And then every once in a while you go, Oh shit, if I hit this button, then this happens. Mm-hmm. Like and kind of figuring out that was a lot of fun. And then when we teamed up and played the strike a couple times, um, the first time we did, it was just a blast, like figuring out where we needed to be mm-hmm. and what we needed to do. Yeah. Liked it quite a bit. I I love the soundtrack in the game. I think it's real killer. Yeah, it's beautiful, too. The game is really, really beautiful. Mm. Um, And the sound design itself, like the way the weapons sound and just everything. Everything, because all the sound design is completely reworked and redesigned from the first game. Yeah. Uh, And I think it's leaps and bounds better. Good to hear. Good to hear. But, yeah, Um, uh, it was a lot of fun. I think we're we're planning on picking it up if we can afford it when it comes out, because I already have a copy for free. Mm. Um, and I think Jimmy does too. So we'll just need to get a copy for Tessa. And, nice. uh, so yeah, that's, we're hoping to get it. What, um, what was your team dynamic? What did you, what character did you play as? I picked a Titan. Um, and what's the other one? Warlock and, uh, Hunter. Hunter. I think, I don't remember. I think Tessa was the Hunter. Tessa, mm-hmm. did you pick the Hunter in Destiny or the Warlock? She picked the warlock, and Jimmy was the hunter. Nice. Um, and so that's all I played was that I think we all just played those the whole beta because it's only like two days. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm definitely excited to try it through the heroes too because the, the Titan felt sort of like the most standard. Uh, um, but I also I really like playing. I like combat games where I can get up close, 
and the Titans mm-hmm. seem pretty well suited for that. Um, yeah, the Titan is about being up close and more of a tanky type character. Yeah, so I, I think I could end up continuing to roll with that because I, I like being able to rush in and like he had some cool charge moves and stuff that were really fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was fun. Um, and uh, I'm excited to play it some more. Yeah, so I think the way the classes break down is the Hunter is supposed to be the most nimble but and like kind of glass cannony but more most precise um and then the the titan is supposed to be the heaviest and up in your face um but kind of slow not as nimble as the hunter and then the warlock is in between the two so uh, in the first game and they might have reworked the way that all the characters work now but like the titan was very much for like beginners because a lot of the skills that the Titan has and the special equipment that you get later on in the game, uh, it does a lot of like auto aiming and auto stuff for you. Like oh, yeah. it, it helps you out tremendously. Whereas the Hunter, it doesn't hold your hand at all with all that stuff. And then the Warlock is somewhere in between where it's a, a little handholdy, but mostly not. So, yeah. Gotcha. Um, did you guys play any competitive modes? We tried the uh, like the quick play four v four one time, and mm-hmm. we got shut out so fucking hard. Yeah. It wasn't. It was. I honestly, I I it was supposed to be like a eight minute match or whatever, and I think it only lasted two. Um, yeah. And I would have had a better time staring at a wall for two minutes. Like I, we just got killed so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I have. I don't think any of us have any interest in the PvP mode in that game. Um, which I, my understanding is you can get your money's worth with the PvE stuff. Yeah, um, for sure. And so that's, I think we're just going to leave it alone. Um, I, and that's, that's generally my experience with shooters. Um, yeah, I never do all well the shooters. Overwatch is the first one that I've had any decency with and it's cause it's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was it was my normal shooter experience. I was the three of us and some rando, and the rando actually did worse than us. So we we thought we were going to be like ruining some guy's night <laughs> by having him put on our team, but he didn't get a single kill, and he died a bunch. And we each got like one one to two kills, and the other team got like a hundred. Yeah, I don't. I think the matchmaking for the beta was fucked up because that happened to me on when I played the beta as well. Like I, I got into a bunch of rooms where I just got trounced. And yeah. Like I'm not I'm not great at the game, but I'm not awful either. Like I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, and then I've been, so I've been playing it on PS4 for the last probably week or so. Well, no, I a couple it came days. out of six, right? Yeah, came out Wednesday. Um, so I've been playing it for a couple of days. Um, and I feel like the matchmaking is a lot better. I've been. I've not gotten into a room where I got completely destroyed unless there was like one of the teammates dipped out and it was an unfair advantage. Right. Um, it seems a little more balanced. I, I'm still going to get you to play some PVP with me. Cause there's, I think in the beta, there was only one mode and one map. Um, and in the, the, the main game, I don't know why they did it this way, but it's like, you only can select like doing either competitive or like casual. And there's a bunch of different game modes in there. You don't get to pick each round. So it's, there's more than just the control type that they've had you play in the beta. Um, but in the first game you could like pick your, the specific game type you wanted to play. Um, but there's some fun to be had there and there's unique, uh, gear and stuff to get in there. And you'll have quests that'll ask you to like, just come, just complete two matches. You don't have to win. 
it's like just just participate in it and you get like good gear and stuff so i might i might ask you to dip your toes in there with me and, and i, hopefully and I, I can, might hopefully i can like teach you some basic stuff that'll make it a little more fun yeah because it gets overwhelming especially you're probably playing with players that played the hell out of the first one and understand the the flow of pvp a little bit. right um but overall, it seems like you guys, did you guys all enjoy it? Or was any, you, yeah. me, and Tessa all enjoyed it? Yeah, we liked it a lot. I mean, we were all down to do the strike like like a couple times and stuff. Um, the strikes are so much fun. And they're so immaculately designed. They're yeah. They're so great. Um, well, cool. Well, I, what are your uh, final kind of thoughts and impressions of the game? Um, I'm really excited to play more of it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited sort of to... Yeah, I'm just excited to see what there is with it because that's the thing is I I love the aesthetic, um, and you know games like that I'm driven by aesthetic a lot of the time. It's like oh, I want to yeah. keep playing so that I can get a cool new uh, helmet, you know, and I yeah. want to play so that I can get a cool new weapon. Like those things are so well, driving. You'll go down the rabbit hole. You'll go yeah. down the rabbit hole hard in Destiny. That's my understanding. There's, yeah, there's such cool equipment in the game, and, it, and not only is it designed well they come up with these great names for it and each piece of equipment has like a weird lore to it in the first game it was incredible uh there were two guns two hand cannons you could get in the first game they were exotics, so they were like the highest level gear you can get um one was called thorn and another one was called the last word which is just like awesome names for yeah like six shooters uh and so the last word was unique because it was the only hand cannon that you used where when you shot it, he, whatever character you were using, fan the hammer. Nice. Um, so it was like, it was like a hip fire hand cannon that you used. The idea is you're supposed to get up close and, and let, let it rip. Um, and then the thorn was the only gun in the game that had a poison element to it where you shot people and it did damage over time. So even if they are like running away and run around a corner, they're still taking damage. It's not much, but it's enough to like turn the tide. If you're, if you have like a really tight battle. Um, but these two guns had lore that was intertwined with each other, where it was like these two warlocks hated each other and did battle with these guns all the time. Um, I forget the specifics of it, but it was a fucking awesome thing to like read into. Um, so I'm hoping that there's more stuff like that in this game. And I think that you, you're probably going to find some weapons. So you're just like, what the holy hell? Yeah. And they like, they sound like the sound design for, the, I love for the, the sound exotics. of weapons. Yeah for the exotics is so unique. Um, there's no two weapons that sound the same and they really like, they really, uh, they really make those exotics look, feel and sound overpowered without actually being like breaking the game. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to dip into that with you and it's played so well on PC. I was shocked at how well it played. Yeah, it played awesome. And I do want to say, so like I said, like sort of our favorite part of it was the discovery and like not knowing what the fuck was going on most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so I think at least at first when we get it, we're going to want to do things our first time, probably without you. Um, yeah. just because you'll already have been doing it for two months, you know? Um, yeah. and so then like my understanding of destiny is that you play these same things a lot, like to grind through and get stuff. Um, yeah. so I like, I'm really excited to play with you, but I just think first playthroughs like, having nobody that knows what's going on will will keep it keep that excitement going yeah. um like i mean you, i don't know if you know it is but like for me at least even if you're there and you don't say anything it's still like knowing you know what we're not that we're missing something it like 
it just adds like a level of pressure to it. Sure. Yeah. Um, but so I hope you don't have any issue with that. I intend to play it a lot. So I think there's a, there's lots of like, just kind of kick around and do stuff in that game that I don't really care. And like, I'll, it's not like I'll still be playing the game and chatting with you guys and right. Like kind of doing my own thing, trying to level up my character. Um, cause I'll have to go through all that shit again as well. Right. Um, so yeah. And then eventually when we all get to the same point, I mean, it's so much fun to just hop on and be like, I got 30 minutes. Let's run some strikes real quick and just like run through two or three of them. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really cool. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Um, I always sort of wanted to know what destiny was all about mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm excited that I get to now. It's all about saving puppies. That's what I saw in the ad. I like I like Nathan Fillion's character so far. Yeah, he's great. Um, cool. Well, that's Destiny Two then. Oh yeah, I'm enjoying it. You seem to enjoy it. I think the PC version is going to be the superior version. Hell yeah! Uncapped frame rate, 4K. Not that I'm playing in 4K, and that it matters if my frame rate goes over 60 frames per second because my monitor doesn't refresh faster than that. But still, mm-hmm. it's nice to know I can. Yeah, I always drop it down to 1440. Yeah, that's that's an upgrade I'd love to make some point in the future or in the near future is getting a 1440p display. Mm-hmm. So the monitor is 4K, but normally when I run things at 4K, the only thing that works at 4K is Overwatch. Yeah. Other things that I try to run at, like do it, it'll work for like a second, but then it'll quickly start to stutter. So it's, I usually hop it down to 1440. My Right now and for you know probably a little while into the future, 1440 is like the sweet spot. Because um, yeah. you can't like there are no 4K displays that have a higher refresh rate than 60. Um, yeah. So it's like I'd I'd rather do 1440 at like 120 frames per second. I think mm. um, it'll be a a big step up anyway. And that's my rig can definitely handle that now. I just don't have a display that can't handle it. Yeah. I never cranked it past 60. I feel like that's too much. Well, see, so you have a 4K monitor, so you probably it probably can't go past 60. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. Maybe when you lower the resolution, the monitor will unlock a little bit. I'm not exactly sure how it all works. Yeah, we'll see. I'll play around with it. Um, what else? Oh, so I've been I I finally got back into Zelda. Cool. I was going to ask about that. I've been playing a ton of Zelda. Nice. Um, and good I, to hear, good to hear. I got back into it immediately. I was worried. Like sometimes, especially a game like a a a, a deep game like that, mm-hmm. when you take a lot of time off, it's really hard to pick up where you left off. Yeah. Um, and I just picked it up, and I was like, okay, I'll I'll do some like heavy story shit to like kind of get me back into it. And I like went to the uh, like Goron area, like the mountain, and uh, I like started or i like continued the quest towards like the divine beast and then uh immediately got sidetracked and haven't gone back to it since (laughs) but i've but that's like exactly what i wanted was i you know you it's it's not easy to get distracted by like doing side shit if you don't care about the game but i'm like right back in it and I'm just super into like doing all these little side quests and doing these shrine quests like honestly when i sort of like before I stopped playing, I was I was starting to like brush past some of that stuff because I've been huh. playing so long. 
And so I'm excited. The time off actually was good because now I'm like right back into all the like sort of minutia of the game that makes it so cool. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm fucking loving it. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of that game's design is that on a mechanical level, it's not very complicated. Like the things that you physically do, like the buttons and stuff, it's not really that complex. The complexity is like how you interact with the world and mm. the, the story that's built on top of each other. Um, so like. I took some time off from it after I like beat the story and I wanted to go hop back in and just kind of mess around and do some of the stuff I hadn't completed. And it's so easy to just get back into it. I mean, immediately I, I, there was no like growing pains with like what yeah. are the controls again. What does this do? Even though the controls of it are so much different from other, like what standard video game controls are now yeah. are now like, I had no no trouble getting back into it. Yeah, so. me neither. That's that's good to hear, and I hope that you can you beat it soon, so we can talk about it. Yeah, it'll be a while. I'm I'm I I love doing all the side quest stuff I'm doing, and yeah. having like having the ending ahead of me, I think helps motivate me. Um, so I'm not sure when I'll actually beat it, but I'm definitely going to keep playing it. I might try to get all the uh, shrines before I beat it. Yeah. I don't I think I'm going to try to get all the Korok seeds. That's a bit a bit much. Yeah. We'll I see, though. We're even close. I do think, I kind of think I might want to uh, complete my, like, the compendium. I think that'd be really mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, that seems more doable than getting all the Korok seeds. Yeah. And just more satisfying. Yeah. Um, I played probably an hour of a game called Prey. That came out this year? Yeah. Do you remember seeing that game at all? P-R-E-Y. Mm-hmm. I recognize the name. It's about it. Um, I played the opening before work one day. And uh, that game is probably has one of the most intriguing openings of a game probably since Bioshock, in my opinion. Uh, like, obviously, I haven't played every game, but... Uh, I was like, holy shit. I was immediately into like, all right, I want to see what's going on here. Um, and it has like this cool, like 80s synth pop music over top of everything. Like the opening of the game is incredible. The way they do the opening credits and, and, uh, introduce the story to you. Um, but I, pro- I played it for like an hour and it's a unique game. It's a, like a first person action game that's really not so reliant on shooting and i like it when people break away from that and do something a little different because like in the beginning of the game it's a lot it reminds me a lot of bioshock uh mixed with like uh john carpenter's the thing have you ever seen that movie no but i i know sort of the vibe yeah uh so it's got like a a horror thriller vibe to it less horror and more just kind of like psychological thriller type thing but like the monsters you fight in it are called mimics and they can mimic anything in the environment so it's like there's this paranoia that sets in where you walk into a room and you know it's in there and it's it might be a room you've been to before but you're looking for things it's like there used to be three chairs in this room now there's four what the hell and it looks and there's nothing distinguishing it from the other chairs it just looks like exactly like it um and it'll like run away and scurry and then mimic something else like in real time. So they're not like, they're not like set up ahead of time to do this there. They, it just is able to mimic anything in the environment. So it makes 
uh, like exploration a lot more tense, which exploration is like basically 80% of the game. I'd say, um, the combat's not too heavy. Um, but my only thing is like, it's not, the combat's not very exciting right now. And so the story is going to have to do a little something to get me to keep playing. But yeah, I thought that the intro was really good and I like the vibe of it and the graphics like this, the environments are really cool and the enemies are neat, but that's, I've only been fighting like one type of enemy. So I'm like already like, give me some new challenges here. Yeah. I'm watching a trailer for it right now. It looks pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Um, and then other than that, I played uh, season two of Telltale's Batman series. Yeah. I've heard pretty good stuff. Um, have you ever played a Telltale game at all? Um, no. Um, so you know that they're just like adventure narrative games, basically. Yeah. And it's all about it's all about choices and how you interact with characters, and basically playing a little bit of a politic game where it's like they will remember how you treated them in a certain instance and will either help you later or not based on what you did. Um, so the Batman series is cool. Because you, it mostly leans on Bruce Wayne as a character and how you like set him up to move throughout the world, and you do a lot of like detective stuff as Batman for sure. But um, it's probably one of the best uses of Bruce Wayne as a character in any medium. Um, and they also do a lot of cool stuff with Batman lore as far as like shifting it up and throwing you off balance. Uh, they don't, they don't like the character dynamics are they're changed just enough to where it's not egregious. Like it's actually just kind of cool. Like, um, I've never, I haven't witnessed a more sat, more satisfying reworking of Batman's kind of origin, not really origin, but like what, how we understand it since, uh, Chris Nolan did his Batman stuff. Right. Yeah. I've Um, heard they make some pretty, uh, interesting, like creative decisions. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's been really good. And season two, I think it's just one episode is out and I already was like, holy shit, what they did. Um, it was immediately intriguing. That's rad. It's on the PC, isn't it? I think it is. I I don't know how well those games run on PC. Um, they don't really run too well to begin with and they're not like terrible, but there, there are weird like glitches in a lot of them. Which is odd because they make so many games now. Like, they're so big. And I feel like they make so much money. I I wish they would just stop for a minute and just go away and rework that whole engine and come back with something that's just slick. Because they're not, like, intense, intensive games. Like, they're not pushing the boundaries of graphics or anything. It has a style to it that's really cool, and I like it. But it's pretty simple. And I feel like there there shouldn't be a reason why uh, characters are disappearing and nothing but their eyes appear just in the middle of the screen, you know, look, Bethesda has proven you, you don't have to release a finished product and people will buy a whole lot of it. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're buying the telltale game still. So, and I mean, I did too, but I think the Batman one is the only one I've really played since this first season of the walking dead one. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, I heard good stuff about that too. Yeah. Cute. That was great. Um, Backtracking a tiny bit to piggyback off of Prey, mm-hmm. um, Tessa and I watched, Tessa had never seen the original Alien. Oh, nice. uh, Also never seen the, she's never seen an Alien or a Predator movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
we watched Alien, and uh, she has some wrong opinions about it. Oh, shit. She um, doesn't like it? She just doesn't... She thinks it's too dated, um, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it's not... I don't think she's completely wrong, but I like... It doesn't bother me in that movie. It's so, like, atmospheric, I think. I don't mind. Um, yeah. But uh, it made me... I have Alien Isolation, and mm-hmm. uh, they just recently... This modder released a mod for it to support the HTC Vive, um, and so I'm excited to play it because I I could not get very far in Alien Isolation because I got too scared, and that mm-hmm. was on my computer screen. So yeah. I'm really excited to try to play it in a VR headset, and I might die. Probably I I don't do well with horror games. Um, I haven't I given them a ton know. of time, but I I like that sort of intentionally spooking myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Alien Isolation was terrifying when I played it on the PC for a bit. I think I remember one time I was texting you and I was like, what are you up to? And you're like, playing Five Nights at Freddy's. And I was like, oh, well, how's that going? And you're like, uh, I played for five minutes, got scared and shut it off and uninstalled it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and that was exactly like, I think I got it on sale for like $2. And I know those games are just jump scares. Like that is the point of them. Yeah. And so I basically played till I got a jump scare and it got me and then I quit. <laughs> and I was like, well, I got it. <laughs> like, that's yeah. it. Yeah. But man, alien isolation in VR. I don't, I wouldn't be able to do that. I would definitely watch you do it. Yeah. But I would not be able to do it. Yeah. Tess is kind of interested in trying it out too. We'll see that. Like the, the big piece is it's just a mod. And so the game is not designed for VR. Uh, you still play it with a controller or a mouse or a mouse and keyboard and you sit down. It's just like your camera is, mm-hmm. is coupled, uh, to the headset. So it's supposed to work pretty well, but it's still like that sort of locomotion style where you don't teleport is always tricky, um, yeah. to like make it feel okay. But I think it should hopefully be all right. Yeah. Um, so you guys watched the first alien. Did you watch a predator movie? Not yet, but I think I was. I wanted to watch Aliens after Alien, but since Tessa wasn't thrilled with Alien, I think I'm going to do Predator, and then whichever one she liked more, we'll then watch the sequel too. And then Predator uh, Two is kind of underrated. I think it's absolutely underrated. It's nowhere near as good as the first one, but it's still a fun movie. Yeah, it's 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 fun, but it's a little bit sillier. Whereas, like, yeah. Aliens, I think, is definitely a better movie than Alien. It's very different, yeah. but I think it's better. Yeah. Um, I think it's more engaging, too. So I hope, I'm hoping she'll like Aliens. Uh, probably. Aliens. Yeah, Aliens is so much fun. It's it's so the backbone for, like, all, so much sci-fi that you and I enjoy. Like, yeah. a lot of it definitely has made its way into, like, Metroid and stuff. Oh, I, I mean, that's... Ridley is named after Ripley. <laughs> like... Yeah. Oh, speaking of Metroid, Metroid uh, Return of or Samus Returns comes out this week. Yeah, I think I'm not going to get it. What? Yeah, you have I to really want to get. I really want to get rid of my 3ds. Just get it, play it on the 3ds, and then get rid of your 3ds. We need um, Keith. You need to tell Nintendo that we want Metroid games, and the only way to do that is with money. It's true. Um, but, I mean, there's enough of you fanboys out there that my vote's not going to matter. Oh, Keith, my vote doesn't matter. You can't have that attitude. It does matter. Um, 
here's my vote. I don't want to play any more 3DS games. Um, or Switch money. As evidenced by playing, uh, buying ARMS and playing it only in Colorado and never touching it again. Yeah, I think I'm and glad then, I didn't pick that one up. And then uh, buying Splatoon and then here's Destiny. I'm not going to play Splatoon ever again. Yeah, I haven't really played Splatoon since I bought it either. <laughs> but I want I to. did play a lot of it when I bought it. And I really enjoy that game. And I still kind of want to go back and do Salmon Run and stuff. But yeah. it's it's not it's tough to compel myself to do it when Destiny is here. And it's almost the same experience, just kind of with more stuff that I like. Like more squids? Um, less squids, but more loot. More kids? No kids. Well, well you're either a squid or a kid, Keith. Sometimes you can be a squid and a kid. No. You're a squid, you're a kid, you're a squid, you're a kid. Um, you know, the other problem with Destiny 2 is that it releases like less than a week before Mario Odyssey comes out. And oh, fuck, I forgot about I that. I am so... I've, I am... I don't think I've been this excited for a Mario game since Galaxy 1. Yeah. I'm really fucking pumped for Odyssey. I think it's going to be huge. Did you see this shit where Mario's not a plumber anymore? Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, indifferent. Indifferent? You don't care? Yeah, I don't care. Mario's Mario's plumberness has never really mattered. Um, I don't care either, but I saw that it came up on like Fox News, yeah. and then someone was like, is this some sort of like social justice? I don't forget what he said, but I was like, it's not a political thing at all. What the yeah. fuck? I hate Fox News. I, yeah. It's yeah, I saw that too. It was stupid. Yeah. Um but yeah, I'm uh I'm so excited for Mario. Yeah. Mario's gonna be lots of fun. And plus it's like Mario worked his way out of the plumber game, you know? It's like he was doing that shit to make ends meet and had to keep doing it for a little bit, but he's transcended that. Yeah, you he's know? it's he, just Exactly. I don't want people to say, Oh, that Sam he works at Einstein's Bagels every time. The, you know, I don't want that to be my bio. Because right. it's been a long time since I've worked there. I got, I mm-hmm. worked my way out, just like you're saying. Exactly. That's a good attitude. I like it. He just needs to keep the branding. That's what his whole. That's what his whole brand is. It's just like the lower class blue collar plumber guy. Yeah. But he, it's like Larry the Cable Guy is not a fucking cable guy. You know. He lives a pretty extravagant life, probably. No, um, no, he's a cable guy. No. He works for CenturyLink. You know, I was watching an interview with him. So, sorry. I, and I wasn't really listening to it because it was on a TV where you couldn't hear. I was just watching it. I was literally watching like a muted TV, and he was just giving an interview. And I was like, his whole like get up. Is not a cable guy getup. It's just like a typical redneck getup. Like, how did he ever push that or like make that work? Yeah, the know? whole thing, like the the just the like cable guy, isn't really even a thing anymore. Like, it's the whole right. thing is just absurd. Um, yeah, I I hate him so much. I listen to stand up comedy radio a lot, mm. and so I hear him every once in a while, and it's just so it's so pandery and phony and just in the worst way possible. It's just awful. 
He's like, I went over to the Bass Pro Shops with my nephew, and he's a retard, and he kept trying to eat them wiggle worms, and I told him, you can't eat those wiggle worms. Like, this isn't, none of this is comedy. Like, you just are saying hillbilly things. Yeah. And that's the joke. Well, he's got a very specific audience that he's talking to, and they love it. Like, I don't like Jeff Foxworthy, but I think Jeff Mm -hmm. Foxworthy is a comedian. Jeff Foxworthy writes jokes. He writes jokes for a crowd that I am not, but he at least, I think, has some understanding of how to craft a joke. Um, Yeah. And, yeah, Larry the Cable Guy is just a buffoon. He's so ridiculous. Yeah. I've also heard multiple bits of his where he, like, uh, talks about like sleeping with ugly fat women and mm-hmm. like what a how embarrassed he was. And it's like, dude, look in a mirror. Like, <laughs> you're awful looking in every way, and you're awful. You're just awful. And you, yeah. you're like body shaming these other people. It just was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of a good Tom Segura joke where he is like, I want to lose weight. But not because I want to be healthy. I just want to make fun of fat people again. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, now I do it. And I'm like, eh, you're fat. And they're like, dude, he's skinnier than you. You should want his body. <laughs> and he's like, shit, you're right. And he like looks down at himself. What happened? Far superior comedian. You just reminded me that Tom Segura is coming to Denver. Really? Oh, it's God. sold out. Damn it. I want to see him. Dang, I was about to do another Hannibal Burris trip. Mushrooms and all. Yep. <laughs> a trip trip. Yep. Hannibal Burris trip trip. That was the Hannibal Burris trip trip. I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot. That's why you're out too. <laughs> that that was funny because in the middle of being on mushrooms, I like try I kept trying to be like, I'm here. Why am I here? And it became a bigger question about like my humanity, but I was mm-hmm. like, no, I'm here to see Hannibal Burris. Damn it. I was trying to like ground myself in the middle of it. Nice. I like that. Yeah. And then we saw Hannibal Burris and he was hilarious. He was really good. It's weird going to see live stand-up comedy and hearing jokes you've heard before from that person. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, because you just don't think about that. Cause I like, I, my, when I dip my toes in the comedy, I've never, I, I don't really go to live comedy. And then I know there's this whole like subculture that just goes to see live comedy, but it's always like recorded stuff. So I've ne- I never get overlap with anybody, any comedians. And so that was, I think that was the first like live performance where I, I saw some overlap and I was like, Oh, interesting. I've seen, I've seen a handful, like I've seen Norm Macdonald three times. Um, mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot of the same bits each time um he's he's been workshopping some stuff for a while yeah and it's interesting because it helps you appreciate that it is a craft like it's something they have to work on they don't just go up and shoot the shit for an hour and it's hilarious like each of these things is very calculated um Mm -hmm. and that's they always say they're like oh when i was on the plane on the way out here and it's like this is probably this didn't happen ever at all actually Mm. But if it did happen, it was not on the plane on the way out here. It was 10 years ago, you know, like, but there's just so many little pieces like that that are really interesting because I've always had like a pipe dream of trying to do stand up. And so I pay attention to like, I try to pay attention to the craft of it to, to, and I always am thinking like if I could do it, you know? 
Yeah. And I think you it. could. Yeah. There is a lot to it. And most most of it is like just observing life and you, have, you just have to get out there and experience stuff. But a lot of it is just like the craft. Like you have to just sit down and write and then a, the best, the, or not the best, the worst part of it is having to like go and perform it and see what does and doesn't work. And yeah. uh, I imagine the the beginning stages of like you get up there and you're like, I'm a funny dude. My friends like me. And then to like throw some shit out there and no one's laughing and then if you can do that and like not be broken by it and then just kind of be like all right i got some stuff to work on i think you could probably make it and that's you hear comedians talk about that and like i can't remember who it was but someone was basically saying like the first time they got on stage they bombed horribly but -hmm. they had like one joke that kind of landed a little it just got like a chuckle and it was like that was it that was all they needed was that one something you know yeah and that was enough for them to like keep pushing them and that's saying like i i don't yeah i'm i have no idea if i'd be up could actually do it well i have a hard time repeating jokes i don't like doing it generally mm. and i think that would be a problem and i also just don't know if i'm funny enough to actually make it worthwhile yeah but someday it'll be my that'll be my midlife crisis i'll start going to open mic nights yeah i mean I, I actually think you would be good at it because I think that you do well, uh, like being the center of attention. Like I, I think I don't not that you like like that, but I think you're very okay being the guy who like everyone's looking at and laughing at. Uh, yeah, laughing with rather. Um, and I think if you like workshops and stuff, and just worked on like delivery, because a lot of what you do that's funny in real life is like a very spur of the moment. Like you're very quick quick responding with stuff uh, yeah sometimes the shit that you pull out of your head is just like how how did you do that uh, uh, genius yeah but yeah i think i think you i think you could and i think you should try like that that'd be a fun like creative outlet like a little extra thing to do on the side i don't and know what the comedy scene in, in colorado is like it's decent the the comedy club down in denver gets a lot of really good people um yeah. that's not where i would go like i'm sure i'd go to some bar that doesn't open mic night or something um, but no, it would be, it'd be totally like a facing my fears kind of thing. Um, yeah. and like doing something that really terrifies me and that would be valuable, I think just in itself. Mm. Um, so someday, someday I'll do it. Oof. You dummy. What was that? Um, well, funny story about what that was. Um, uh, it's not a funny story. Uh, it is my company I work for is called Aptio. Mm-hmm. And it is an Aptio branded fidget spinner that I got at work. <laughs> uh, I was playing with one of those at work one day. I don't know why we had one in the office. Uh, and I did that typical thing where I was, I was like, I was playing with it. It's my first time playing with it. And I was like, this is stupid. I don't understand why people like this. And then I just kept spinning that. Fire. Yeah, exactly. Tessa did the exact same thing. She's like, this is fucking dumb. Why is it? Me? And then like an hour later, I was like, hey, still spinning that thing? She's like, oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, no, and they are dumb. And the, the thing that's dumb about them is not them. It's that they got so popular. There's no yeah. reason they should have been an, an it toy for any amount of time. Yeah. Um, and I would, never would have bought one. But then I found out we had a few at work and it was like, we didn't have enough for everybody. So my boss sort of said they were going to be like merit based. Like you'd get them as a reward. Um, and I, uh, 
I presented this feature we've been working on for a while to like the entire project product and engineering team, uh, which mm-hmm. I was actually pretty nervous about, but I think I did pretty well. And so then he gave me a fidget spinner for it. Oh, nice. So that's how I got mine. And now I'm like, I, I'm trying to make a class warfare at the office. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'll be like, excuse me, fidget spinner owner coming through. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. I'd like this seat. I do have a fidget spinner. Yeah. Um, and I'm also have suggested that we separate the office into people with fidget spinners and people without, but yeah. we haven't done it yet. Um, instead of getting a fidget spinner, I would have handed it back to him and be like, no, I'll just take a raise. Yeah. That's not an Please. option. Well, yeah, please. That's one of my few complaints about this job is that they we don't really get raises. Mm-hmm. Um, we get they try to promote you, um, and with the promotion you get a raise. But there's no gotcha. like set like every six months you get a review and like a performance based raise or anything, which would be nice. But the promotion is a pretty significant pay increase, so it'll it'll probably balance out fine. And my my starting pay is pretty incredible like not just be crude but i can't really complain about not getting raises because i'm i'm doing pretty good yeah well you can always complain about not getting raises you need more money always it's true one of the the guys i work with was complaining about uh he's like yeah i mean the only reason they pay us so much is so that like it makes it hard for us to leave and find like a different job I was like, mm. yeah, that's called being valued. <laughs> like, that's not a bad <laughs> yeah. thing. That's the whole point of wanting money is you want <laughs> someone to pay you enough that you feel like you can't leave. Like, that's not a bad thing. It was yeah. just so funny. It's like, it was like bitching about it. What does somebody like that want? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. You know, it's like this is exactly what you kind of are trying to work for. It's yeah. like you want to work for somebody that you feel like values you. I wish they paid us less like the other companies. Then then I could be unhappy and leave and go to a different company. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I think people, yeah, you work your way out of jobs where you're disposable. Like, my job, even how good I am, I am so disposable. It's not even funny. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, and that's kind of the... the the shitty part about it is that I go there and I like, no matter how much work I put into this today, I can be replaced tomorrow. And yeah, this if place you will be don't fine. show up, it'll take them like a week to cover your shifts and then life will move on as planned. You know, yeah. like that is a bummer. And that's, I mean, to be fair, it's, it's kind of, at least I, right now it's the same in my job. Like I'm not offering anything that any other entry level engineer wouldn't offer. Um, yeah, but it still is nice to feel valued yeah to some degree all right i'm i'm ready to get into the meat meat of these potatoes well let's do the meat of these potatoes then um i'm excited so keith texted me uh a bit ago and suggested that we workshop uh an idea for a plastic man story on mm-hmm. the show and i have discussed previously my love of plastic man mm-hmm. um and so i think that's a really great idea so i've got you know i've got some loose ideas but nothing yeah. really specific and i just it could be fun to talk about let's do that um 
where is your headspace at with this? Is it are we going to rework the origin, or you just want to jump in and do a new Plastic Man story with all the continuity? Existing? I I want to jump in and do a new Plastic Man story. Um, yeah, with with the implied history, like Plastic Man has been, uh, they they've they've like retouched aspects of his mm-hmm. uh, origin and aspects of his story because he's not visited that often, and so I yeah. think we can kind of pull from what we want. Um, yeah. But I really, Plastic Man is, uh, I think he could be a very compelling character. Um, Mm. And I think one of his most compelling aspects is his son, um, who is, has been on the Teen Titans, I think at one point, but his name is Offspring, which I think is a terrible fucking name. Um, And, uh, but he's basically a more powerful Plastic Man. Um, Yeah. And but so, you can like change colors and stuff too, right? Exactly. He does. He can do all the same shit, but he can also change his color. So, mm. uh, I mean, that's pretty. It's that is a pretty powerful ability. Um, and uh, but they're kind of estranged most of the time. You hear about them. Um, mm. uh, his mom or offspring's mom is either like a hooker or a stripper, depending on which story you're reading. I think. Um, mm. And so I just think I think a comic about Plastic Man trying to get closer to his son would be interesting to read. I think it would be value like it would be fun to read. There would be an emotional resonance, and then you could still have the silliness of Plastic Man. Um, I also yeah. think it should be an R-rated comic. Um, Plastic Man is a dirtball. Like he's a criminal. He's sleazy. And I think if he was cursing all the time and turning into dicks, like I think if 25% of the time he's turning into giant dicks, it would be like on character. Like I think it would actually be in character trying to keep him uh, clean. I think limits him a little bit. Uh, I think the easiest way to like sell this to people who don't know who plastic man is, or just, just a really not like a one for one, but it should be like, DC's Deadpool almost where it's like it is this R-rated thing where this character is silly and funny most of the time but also has like a really dramatic elements to him that the the funniness is like the mask for like I don't want to deal with these emotionally so I'm going to just be this goofy like fun-loving uncle type character. That's a fantastic connection that I have not made. I think Plastic Man could 100% be DC's Deadpool. Yeah. Um, He's got he's got all the pieces there already that he just has never gotten the attention he's deserved. Um, mm. But yeah, so I think a story about the two of them uh, is what I would. That's what I want to read. Like that's the thing. What I'm interested in writing is what I would wish I could read. Um, yeah, and that's the comic I want to read is a comic about Plastic Man and his son trying to connect. Um, and. Yeah, I think that would be good. Um, how old is his son? Um, he's a teenager. Yeah, so that would be that would lead to some comedy, I guess. Yeah, being, um, being like the angsty teenager. Exactly, or even honestly, I figured I the way I'm picturing it is that his son is more well adjusted than Plastic Man is. Yeah, if um, he's like got his life together more than Plastic Man does. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I've I already like I'm just been thinking about like scenes that I think would be fun scenes to see. And mm-hmm. one of them is like uh, offspring. First of all, I want a scene in there where Plastic Man tells him that his name is really stupid because it mm-hmm. is a stupid name. Um, yeah. But I I want a scene where offspring like turns into something, 
and then Plastic Man turns into something way better. And then yeah. he he's he turns to him, and maybe even he fucking turns his face into Tom Hardy, and he says like he says, "You mustn't be afraid to dream a little bit bigger." And uh, <laughs> and then Austin's like, "Did you seriously just quote?" inception at me and he's like yeah that movie is fucking great he's like i mean it's pretty good <laughs> like and then they just it, but it's like the whole point is it's plastic man trying to like act like a cool guy by liking yeah. inception um and yeah. then uh offspring being an actual cool guy by not liking it that much like not that i loved inception but i feel like you know him not being caught up in the hype would just yeah. be a funny moment um yeah so just shit like that. Like I, I think there could be a lot of fun banter between the two of them, but I, I see actually offspring being the more mature of the two most mm. of the time. Um, I like the idea of plastic man continuously failing to see offspring as like capable, even though yeah. he is by all accounts more capable than plastic man. Um, yeah. and then that, I think that could be part of the emotional arc is like a proving moment for offspring. Um, yeah, where he where he shows his dad that he is actually he's not a he's not a kid who doesn't know what he's doing. Like he's highly capable. It's almost like uh, like I, I imagine a scene where like some bank robbers getting away, and Offspring is handling it, but Plastic Man like is like no, you got to do it like this, and then screws it up somehow. And then Offspring's like, "What did you do? Why? Why did you do that?" And like the criminal gets away. And he's like, oh, well, if you hadn't started it wrong in the first place, this would never have happened. And right. He, like, Plastic Man bounces away. Yeah, exactly. Like, shit like that. Um, but so, here's sort of where my mind was at first for the overall story. Um, I was thinking that, basically, Offspring could get kidnapped. Um, yeah. And then Plastic Man would go on a rescue mission to rescue Offspring. And when he finally rescues him, it basically is revealed that Offspring was the entire kidnapping. Offspring literally was the building Plastic Man was in. He was all of the guards protecting him. Like, he was all of these different components all at once because he can change color. Um, And that it's, like, this big reveal sort of. And, And that's sort of the question is, like, he did. Does he do all of that just to prove to his dad? Like maybe he does all of it both to try to to see if his dad actually cares about him and to prove mm-hmm. that his dad to prove to his dad that he's capable. Um, or maybe he does it because he's actually like, yeah, I don't, I, that's, I don't know any of that really. I just like that idea, that reveal of like uh, finding out that it is that not only was Offspring behind it, Offspring was it. Um, yeah. And that he's so fucking strong that he can literally become an entire building full of people. And then like, I think from an art standpoint, it could be really fun to make sure like every scene you draw like that, like nothing is in the air, you know, like every, Mm. every guard always has a foot on the ground and everything's always connected in some manner, you know, like it could be a fun thing to sort of be meticulous about so that if people go back and look at stuff after the reveal, they'll realize like that it, that is all consistent. Yeah. Like it's Um, all one connected piece. I think you have two stories happening here at the same time. I think that it might be even more interesting when they converge. Uh, so you have plastic man who wants to reconnect with his son 
and then you have the son that just wants to show the father that he's good enough. And those are like the two kind of basic stories that you have going on, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're thinking? Um, I think it'd be the the idea of this whole thing happening and whatever Plastic Man thinks his son is doing, his son is actually doing 10 times more of it on top of that. Right. Is, is really good. And I think it would be good for the son to earn kind of get what he's looking for without having to actually show plastic man. Like I was the whole building. Like what if he gets what he needs out of him and then plastic man leaves and then it's revealed to us that like everything was actually him, you know, that'd be kind of neat. And, uh, you know, you could leave with a look of satisfaction on his son's face and he's already gotten what he wanted out of his father. And like, I think that that's the sort of thing where it's like, he's not showing him, how powerful he is out of sensitivity towards his father. Cause it's like, is there going to be resentment that like, I'm stronger than you. I am actually more capable. And I just want, like, I just want you to love me basically without having to like actually say those words. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I do like that. Um, Um, yeah. And to make it like a smaller story, like it's just about these, this father and son thing. And then just like have it, just have the antics be like amped up. Um, not having it be like a doomsday type thing, even though plastic man might think it is with his son being kidnapped. That right. Sort of thing. Um, yeah, that could be interesting. Uh, but so like then that. one problem with the story is we have to write a believable way that offspring would be able to be kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard. Like the only way they've ever shown plastic man is like incapacitated in the comics is they just like make him a big egg in a big science room. Um, or they yeah. he's got like frozen with liquid nitrogen ones. Um, I'm sure there's some sort of comic booky way you could do it. And that's um, like the, the part of it too. I want to watch is like I want most of the story I think to be Plastic Man taking it seriously to try to mm-hmm. get his son back. Um, you know, like I want the emotional arc to be about offspring and maybe like the beginning of the story is the two of them continuously meeting up and doing stuff and plastic man, like not taking his son seriously, but then also not making the right moves as far as getting close to him and then regretting it. And then his son being pissed that they're not like that. He doesn't take him seriously. And then, then this big arc happens. And so then it becomes basically a solo plastic man story going on this adventure to rescue his kid. And then at the end right. you have like the emotional payoff. Um, but another scene I pictured that I think would be ridiculous, but would add some levity to everything is basically at some point I want to see uh plastic man make a phone call and the person on the other line, you can't see them. It's all dark or something. Basically, all they say is like, okay, but he's like, after this, we're even. Uh, mm. And then later in the comic, basically, everything's about to go to shit. And Woozy Winks shows up and does something <laughs> and saves Plastic Man and then walks out of the picture. Like, just like a very, like, not anything too crazy. Because Woozy Winks' whole deal is that he can't die. Yeah, and so it's just be like Woozy Winks walks across a hallway where there's ten dudes with machine guns, and he just misses every bullet, and then and then flips a switch, and then he's like, "All right, we're square now," and then leaves. Like, but I like yeah. implying that things have gone sour between Plastic Man and Woozy Winks, uh, mm-hmm. but he still owes him one, and that Woozy Winks comes and saves the day. 
Yeah. Just shit like that. Like I keep I keep picturing little scenes that I think would be really fun to throw in there. Um, yeah. But we needed to nail down the the big strokes first. And I like I really like yeah what you said about not even having having the reveal be for the audience, but not for Plastic Man. I think that'd be good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So where where do we kind of where do you like jump in with this like? Where are these characters at in this moment? And is it important? Is like, is the mom important at all? Because I think her being a hooker is like, I think her being a stripper is a little, and and it's like too much like Deadpool. She's a stripper too, but whatever, who cares? I mean, it makes sense for Plastic Man's character. He is still a very much a man of two worlds where he wants to, he is like a scummy, uh, like criminal type, but he's also trying to be a hero almost. Right. No, I mean, he is a hero. Like that's his, that's those monks took care of him and he Mm. decided he was going to use his powers for good. Um, (laughs) because of those monks were so nice to him. He is a hero and, but he's also still a scummy guy. He's not an evil guy, but he's a, maybe even scummy is not a bad or not the right term. He's a greasy guy. Yeah. Like, and so I think, playing with that will be really fun. I don't think the mom needs to be in the story. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe she could be on the phone at some point. I think that, uh, you know, I, I don't think we need to, 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 I don't think she needs to be a character in the story. It doesn't, she doesn't need to be out of the picture necessarily, but I don't think she needs much spotlight. Yeah. Um, I also have been thinking about a scene just where plastic man and offspring are both going back and forth, shitting on elongated man. Mm. Just thinking, yeah. just talking about how lame he is. Uh, th- that could be like one of the one of the things they inherently and immediately connect on all the time. Yeah, like they they never together miss an opportunity to shit on. Yeah, uh, elongated man. Oh look, this is the way uh, Ralph would solve this one. Ooh, <laughs> just yeah. like stuff like that. I think uh, would be fun. Yeah. I I was thinking about it too. Like, it would be easy to sell a Plastic Man book now because with the Deadpool thing that I mentioned, but also uh, One Piece is the biggest anime in the world right now. People mm-hmm. fucking love that shit, and he's basically Luffy, the main character. I mean, it's like a little more like an here. elongated man. Sure, yeah, but I'm I'm just saying like you could play off of those same character beats and and visually do kind of the same stuff and I think I think people would be I think mo- now more than ever people would be like hell yeah I'd, I'm into this I would watch this just because there's like that right. connector a little bit but no yeah I mean just think about like I think the problem is there's not been too many very good Plastic Man stories written mm. um, he is extremely powerful but most of the books about him are really pedestrian. He's like stopping bank robbers and shit, but he, he could be stopping, you know, he could, he should be a starter JLA member, honestly, like just based on his abilities, Um, which is hard to write. It's hard to write someone that's so powerful. And so then, you know, I think you and I need to think about like Superman is essentially indestructible the best Superman story is all-star Superman. Um, Mm. and the thing that makes that so great is the emotional arc. It's, it's you're, you're emotionally connected to this character and it's super fun to look at, but you're never really worried. Like, is the character going to die? 
is Superman uh, going to lose this fight because it's Superman and you know he won't. Um, yeah. But what you are worried about is how Superman is handling these things and you're you're like involved in him emotionally and you're having fun looking at this beautiful comic and these like colorful fun things to look at. And I really think we could take, you know, take the same approach to Plastic Man. This The question should never be like, will he win but more like i wonder what crazy thing he's gonna do and to get out of this one or i wonder what silly thing he's gonna do to get out of this one and i wonder if he's gonna connect with his son like the the arc should be emotional because you're connected to the character not because you're worried about him um, what if the opening because you're talking about how powerful he is what if the opening is like the justice league proper is on a mission and Plastic Man is in the background actually like fucking everybody up and making everything easier for the Justice League. And like so he like solves the thing without them even knowing he's there and he's like Psh, Justice League, Schmustice League. I just fix this on myself and then just like bounces. He never even makes it known he's there. And then it just is like okay, Plastic Man helped them solve a problem and he because he is that powerful and then doesn't even like go for the recognition at all. Yeah. He's just kind of bored. Like, he's so powerful that he's bored. And that's why he does, like, these silly, goofy things. And probably why he wants to, like, reconnect with the sun a little bit. I like that idea, though, of implying that the reason Plastic Man isn't on the Justice League isn't because they don't want him, but because he... It, because it's just it's it's just as complicated to him as, as you know, killing a fly. Like, it's all... He can do it yeah. all, and it's whatever. Um Yeah. I think that's that could be fun. I thought I do think it'd be really fun to write this without any other DC characters. Um, yeah, like I think we can mention them; they can be referred to. But I think leaving in other characters out of it would be just more fun, like to keep more personal. Well, they're just like way in the background; like they they're not focused at all. Like yeah, it's it's Plastic Man's perspective, and he's he's just kind of like setting the ground for them to succeed. And then just bouncing is just cause just, he might be, even be just like passing by and he's like, I'll just rearrange these here a little bit. And then you guys take care of the rest and I'm out. Oh man. What if we did like, what if we had a sequence that was like the fucking century and mm-hmm. we show these iconic JLA fights, but from a different perspective and we show yeah. that plastic man actually was like instrumental in every, in the victory every single time. And no one ever knew. Yeah. I'm, that'd be interesting. I, I think, that's what I think. Like, I think that's a good like opening statement for yeah. that character. And he's like cracking jokes and shit and just like, you know, like being weird like he is. And then you're like, who the hell is this guy? What the fuck? Um, yeah, I don't know. And then like, what are his limits and what is his weaknesses? I think he's like, he can be frozen. That's a big thing, right? It's yeah. Like, Cold is not great for him. Yeah. Um, and he can't change his color. Yeah. And that's really it, as far as mm-hmm. I know. Um, he's he's hmm. not particularly weak. Um, I told you about that Justice League story I read about that I really want to buy now. Which one? Um, it's, it's one where Martian Manhunter basically, uh, he, he fucks up on this mission 
because of his fear of fire and yeah. uh and like they almost suffer like some heavy casualties because of it and so he's really beating himself up about it so he he basically figures out a way i don't know if it's through therapy or what but he gets he gets rid of his fear of fire um yeah and if they basically find out that the the fear of fire in the green martians was implanted by themselves to control this murderous rage that they have so yeah. then martian manor goes on this murderous rage and nobody can stop him um and plastic man has since been retired because he just came back from being frozen for 3000 years. Um, (laughs) and, uh, Batman has to find plastic man because he's the only person that can stop Martian Manhunter. Nice. Um, which is just awesome. Like any, any comic where plastic man actually gets some fucking credit and he's not just a, a character to fill a background slot. I feel like that's what he always is. It's like, oh, let's make this ensemble picture more interesting by having a guy stretching his neck. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it, it'd be a fun opportunity to ex- explore like just how powerful he is and how boring that can be for him. It's it's kind of like One Punch Man in a way. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. But he's trying. he's like having more fun with it than One Punch Man is. Like, maybe he had that One Punch Man arc a long time ago, and since then mm-hmm. he's like, well, if this is how it's going to be, I'm going to have some fun with it. Wait, but um, um, Saitama is the guy who's a hero for fun. Yeah, it looks like he's having a great time. <laughs> I just love that phrase. Yeah. I'm the guy who's a hero for fun. I'm a hero for fun. Um, That's a great show. Yeah, but, it is. Yeah, it's like... What is what is Plastic Man's moment-to-moment day-to-day stuff like? You know? Yeah. Explore that a little bit. And, yeah, I, I, I definitely like the idea that his... He has it less together from, a, like, emotional perspective and probably, like, his life is a little chaotic. And then, like, for his kid to be more grounded, maybe, like, more orderly and more intentional in the way that he, like, moves about in the world. Um, I like, I really like that. Okay, so what if, here's an idea, what if Plastic Man, uh, what if one of the things he's doing is shitting on Offspring for Mm. being a teen Titan? And he's like, (laughs) he's like, why do you fucking, why do you hang out with these kids? Like, you're, they're so, like, you're so out of their league, essentially. Like, you shouldn't be wasting your time doing this Mm. shit and he's like because they're my friends and i like doing this like it gives me some purpose you know i could see a good argument between the two of them where plastic man is plasma doesn't give a shit about the jla doesn't care about the dc universe essentially he just does his thing and he saves the day he's always down to save the day but he's he's completely over the team up bullshit um Mm. he doesn't care about the the logo of it all like he's still doing the right thing and being a hero, but he just does it. Like you said, he does it. He doesn't require any recognition. He just sort of stays in the background and solves these problems. And he's yeah. like, is shitting on his kid for caring so much about being a part of this dumb team. Um, yeah. So it's like simultaneously he's saying, you're so powerful. What are you wasting your time here for? While then also saying, uh, acting like he's, he, he knows better than him and he's not, He's not strong enough. Um, I think that's a realistic father dynamic, you know, of like, you're my son. You're better than everyone. 
except you're my son, I'm better than you, you know? Um, I think that that's, that doesn't need to be like a huge component or anything, but I think it could be an interesting level to the dynamic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, it's almost like, like plastic man values mostly the wrong things in life. Yeah. And his son is like, well, it's all about connecting with people like at the end of the day. And this is what I'm doing. Like these people are my age and we have a lot of things in common and this gives me purpose. And I'm like not going full out on my own. Like I'm trying to learn some stuff about the world and how it works. I'm doing it with them as opposed to just like striking out and assuming I know everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like and I like the cell being the emotional benefit of being on a team, not necessarily the performance benefit. I feel like that story is too played where someone's like, yeah. I can do it all on my own and then they learn the lesson that you need teamwork to win. Like, I don't think we need that. I think I think that the message sh- should be at the end that Plastic Man and Offspring can do it on their own, but maybe yeah. they don't need to because it's lonely, you know. Yeah. Um I think the stage kidnapping should be in an effort to draw out a more powerful villain just out in the open. And then he, they, they both kind of like handle it together. Like they both get to like work together to, to beat him. And then, you know, the final moments are like, it, it's revealed that it was really all, it was all uh, offspring's plan and doing, and he's been everything. And, he just kind of like allowed plastic man to like do this with him because he wanted to do something with his dad. Right. Essentially. Yeah. I could definitely like that. The problem. Oh, so the, the villain, the bigger villain would be somebody of offspring's creation. Mm. Okay. No, 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 it, no, it's, it's someone that he, he's just trying to like take down. And this is a way like him, him staging a kidnapping of himself as a way to like draw him out. Mm. So maybe he makes a building and he can like, make all of the villains henchmen out of himself, you know? Right. Like really, and really like draw the dude out. My question though, is like, who's the villain? Like, that's the thing. I think that there's plastic man has no compelling villains as far as I know. Um, and that's why I really like the idea of the, the, the struggle actually, even if we don't know it at the time of reading, but the struggle is between plastic man and offspring because there's no, I don't think we, I don't think there's a good villain to be their villain. No, Um, it's just someone to demonstrate. It shouldn't be like the main foreground of the story. It's something going on in the background to just drive these characters to like pull these characters together that work together. Um, It's no problem. It's no problem for them to take them out. Once they have them drawn out, it's more, more a matter of drawing the person out and, being able to handle their business you know gotcha um, so is it dr so, dome or dr forklift um no well i was thinking like you'd make it seem like because this all should be like a smaller story so you make it seem like it on that smaller scale and then it should be like one of the most like ridiculously powerful people in the dcu like dark side or something mm-hmm. and then they just take them out like it's nothing right it's just I the like two that. of them and and they're just like yep gotcha fucker and then send him back to wherever the hell or do whatever beat the shit out of him 
without effort with arms that look like dicks mm-hmm. i like and i like the idea of if it's dark side him shooting out the omega beams and like plastic man uh recreating like the weird like jagged curves that it travels in You're like i can do that too yeah <laughs> Oh, you like that? He just like punches him with this zigzaggy ding, 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 ding. Yeah. I like that. And just like make a total joke out of this absolute dangerous person. So it's not really about like we need to stop Darkseid because he's going to crush the world. It's just like Darkseid's being annoying. Let's take care of this. Yeah. Or what if it's even like. What if we don't even see Darkseid or whoever it is? Like, what if we don't even see a struggle? We have, you know, we get to a point where it's known, like, you know, essentially the villain we're after is on the other side of the store. Let's go get him. And then the next scene is, like, is 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 Darkseid, you know, in a paddy wagon, you know, metaphorically. Um, yeah. Or something like that where it's, like, that we don't even show the the climax that we don't show the battle because it's inconsequential even though it sh- it would be an entire story arc for somebody else yeah yeah exactly i think that could be cool yeah that juxtaposition of like this isn't a problem for us where but it's a person that would have like a whole summer event behind them right Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like that. God, I am. When does uh, when does the terrifics start coming out? Uh, I don't know. Probably fairly soon. A couple months. I want to watch. I want to read a good plastic band tale. We're right in the middle of metal right now. Oh, it's a Batman thing. It's more of a Justice League thing, but it is centered around Batman. Uh, it's basically exploring. So the DC has like the multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. And so metal explores what would essentially be the dark multiverse, which is the flip side of that. So it's like the anti, you know how there's like our, ver- our universe and then the antimatter universe is supposed to be a mirror, but like dark particles. Right. It's essentially that. So but for the entire multiverse. Right. Exactly. So, so there's an evil they, uh, cat man out there. Well, there's evil versions of <sighs> every they fight like a whole team of batman it's all bruce wayne but each each batman is a bruce wayne that's like an evil version of a member of the justice league so he's like it's kind of weird but the the designs are cool as fuck i saw Um, the like joker one where he's got like little robins on leashes and stuff yeah dude it's so rad yeah that's the batman who laughs um yeah, so we're right in the middle of that. And I think after that's over, they're doing some, like, Watchmen thing as well. It's called the Doomsday Clock. No, um, thanks. And I don't know if the book falls in between those or after Doomsday Clock. But, yeah, those are the two big events going on right now. Nice. So we'll see. Yeah, it is That fun. should be fun, though. I just want to read the terrifics. I really like, I've read some metamorpho because he's like a, a frequent team up with plastic man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited that he's in it too. 
what are like what are some of the elements of plastic man that you think are like essential to come up to like bring to this story or really like any story like um, what are the what are the things that you get excited about that character uh there's like a where's waldo like mentality with plastic man um mm-hmm. where there's like the good ones will basically they'll have red red things with yellow and black highlights mm-hmm. like sprinkled throughout scenes and so you're always wondering if one of them is plastic man and some usually one of them is but the other ones are like misleads yeah. um and that's a fun thing like a, a fun moment in a lot of plastic man stories is plastic man pretending to be a birdcage or something or pretending to be a chair. And then the bad guy sits down in the chair and he grabs him, like just shit like that. Like plastic man hiding in plain sight is always really, really fun. Yeah. Cause that's something he can do that other people can't. Whereas like plastic man fighting in a zany way, like that's also green lantern. Like when you watch read green lantern, you know, you see what kind of shit they make with their ring. Um, it's essentially the same kind of stuff with plastic man. Like what's he going to become, um, like in this fight, what's he going to make his fists and stuff, but him actually becoming something and using that thing like to hide or whatever is a piece that you don't get with those other sort of shape, shapeless power heroes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's a good be a good bit of like physical comedy in there too. Yes, yeah, there definitely is. Um, I mean, the first story I read that taught me helped show me how much like Plastic Man was the not very good Dark Knight Strikes Again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember Eel O'Brien or not Eel O'Brien, um, Ralph Dibney, Elongated Man helps Batman break Plastic Man out of prison, and Plastic Man is like bitching at the guy. He's like man, you are so boring. And he's just like becoming all this different shit. And then somebody said something about women. He's like, girls, you like girls? I can do girls. He just like turns into a hot babe version of plastic man. And then like they're fighting these guys and plastic man is just a giant toilet. And he's like pulling all these guys into his toilet. Uh, and like grinding them up like he's not killing them or anything but you just see like arms and shit sticking out of his toilet <laughs> like it's just yeah i mean a good plasma comic he is a completely different irreverent shape in every panel um he's just like you just get the feeling that if you're watching this guy move he would go turn he would punch this guy as a giant gorilla and then he would turn into a giant uh stiletto heel and stomp on these two guys and then he would turn into a fighter jet and knock over these guys like and just every interaction he has he decides to do it some as something different because because like you said it's all boring it's all so doable that he has to just create his own entertainment the entire time um and that's i think like the good reasoning for why he's why he's making these crazy shapes instead of just knocking out these bad guys is because it's just a fucking day's work for him and it's boring so he's got to make it interesting somehow and he's kind of crazy so that's the way he makes it interesting yeah something about the suit 
I think can be updated. JW and I have had some fun uh, coming up with Plastic Man costume updates before, actually. Um, and yeah, it's definitely like I was thinking that could be actually an aspect is uh, Offspring could essentially make fun of his suit um, a bunch and then he could change it um, to, to just to try to impress him some or to show him he can be cool. Yeah. Um, I think the very basic nature of it is that, you know, when superheroes were coming out, they, they were just basically wearing like athletic wear, but at the, like at that time, athletic, athletic wear looks like underwear today, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think plastic man's version of that was a very specific type of athletic wear that was a little more goofy inherently. So like thinking about like what's today's athletic wear and what, what goofy spin can we give that like the 2017 version of that? Yeah. Um, because ultimately it doesn't matter, but I, I like trying to think about like, what would this character look like if we created him today? Right. Um, without going like, he needs to be armored up and suited up and looking cool and stuff. It should be like, a variation of that like right like how do, how do our superheroes dress today and what is the, like what is the plastic man version of that oh that cave i liked uh the redesign job and i kind of came up with that was pretty good um i'll see if he's got a picture of that around anywhere um but yeah it's sort of just like just try to modernize it some i think it's definitely worth it but i like if there's a story reason like if he's if the first half of the comic or whatever is him in his normal outfit and then when he goes to save offspring or whatever and that's the the offspring kidnapping story arc does not need to be what we go with it's just sort of the first thing i thought of but i basically really like the the piece of it that i really like is a reveal showing offspring being extremely powerful um yeah just the, the reveal that he was everything in that last kind of right. set piece and it the doesn't set piece is offspring right it doesn't need to be that like you could find out that like uh, all the bank robberies a string of bank robberies that kept happening that got offspring and plastic man to start hanging out together were actually all offspring like you know, he was doing the entire thing. There wasn't even a bank there or something like that. Like it could even be that it could be that earlier on this crazy shit happened or something like that. But like, I just like, yeah, I like the idea of finding out that offspring was an entire set piece. Um, it doesn't have to be the kidnapping arc, but I like something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, that, that, that's cool. I get, that actually gets me thinking about Plastic Man more than I ever would have. So, yeah, that's the idea. He's he's ripe for the spotlight. Yeah. Um. Now I want to draw some Plastic Man. Do it, please do it. Oh boy! Oh boy! Will I ever? Um. All right. I think that can be our our episode. That sounds good to me. I'm about ready to go to bed. I'm tired. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, if you enjoyed that and you want to see us write and draw a Plastic Man thing, uh, send me money. We'll do that. I mean, we'll probably do it 
Even if you don't send Keith money. Send me money, damn it. No, I let's do it, Keith. Let's do it, and then it'll be popular, and then we can take unrelated donations, and then we can get a cease and desist letter from DC Comics, but then they'll also hire us as a writing, drawing team, and then mm-hmm. we'll burn out really fast. And uh, Cocaine. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into that. I'm into that lifestyle. Like, um, has anybody? I mean, you you follow comics. Like, do people do that? Has anybody written a full blown like Batman story arc, drawn it, and published it online for free? Like, do people do stuff like that with characters that aren't theirs, or is it people more interested in making their own shit? So I haven't heard of. Well, it's mostly people making their own shit, to be honest. But yeah. Uh, I haven't heard of anybody taking any existing characters and doing that and le- releasing it for free. Um, there's a lot of like parody type stuff that people do. Right. Uh, and, and it's protected under parody laws and everything. Um, but yeah, I've never heard of anyone just straight up making a Batman story and publishing it like a, a serious Batman story and publishing it and then getting either getting hired or just like having that be out there and DC not being able to do anything about it. That's the thing. Like if we did it and we just put it, like if if we made no attempt to profit off of it, is it still illegal? Um, if we're not trying to sell their IP, we're just drawing. I mean, it's fan art. It's essentially what we would be doing is a is a very big piece of fan art. Yeah, I mean that'd be okay. I think so, as long as we're not profiting at all. Yeah, but then it's like, what is Nintendo doing when they always shut down all that free stuff? You know. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know the legality of it for sure. But I would assume that because you're not making any profit, that it's it should be on the up and up. It should be totally fine. Yeah, I think so, too. Or at least if we aren't making money, what we would get is a, hey, take this down, not a, hey, here's a lawsuit. Yeah, for sure. I think that's more likely to happen. Um, Man, look at us fantasizing into the future. <laughs> where we make yeah. money off the comic book that we just talked about. Yeah. Careful. Don't let people think you're a dreamer. Never. I never dream. Good. I never so. have dreams. Actually, real quickly before we sign off, I did have a weird dream the other night uh, where I actually went to bed early and got a proper amount of sleep. Um, and that wasn't the dream. That's what's facilitated the dream. But at the end of the dream... I was in a house and I think you were there. Well, you were definitely there. Uh, and I don't know what was happening, but I had a hand grenade and then I was like, just like, I was just like squeezing the trigger and I was like, this is weird. And then I like had my finger in the pin and I was like, what do we do if I pull the pin and I pulled it and I was like holding the trigger down and I was <laughs> like, Oh shit, I fucked up. And it was like, it was some situation where I couldn't put it back in. And so I was like, all right, well, we were in a house, like upstairs in a house full of people. (laughs) And so you and I were like, all right. And it wasn't like intense. It was more of like a comedy thing. It was like a comedy of errors. And I was like, all right, what do we do here? Like, how do I get this out of the house without anyone noticing and freaking out and causing a riot and potentially dropping this? And we were like looking around the room for shit. And we found like a pizza box. And I was like, all right, just act like you're taking that pizza box out underhanded. And no one will see the grenade in your hand while you're carrying out this piece of box. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I walked out of the house and like, I was like, fuck, we made it. 
and then I put the pizza box down, but I also accidentally released the grip. <laughs> and then, and like, as we were talking about, like, where do we take this and dispose, like, just throw it. And so I was outside the house and I released the grip and I was like, oh shit. And I just threw it as far as I could. And then I woke up. Nice. It was a silly dream. I had a silly dream the other night that I left all my amiibos outside and uh, it rained a bunch and they all got ruined. And uh, I was really upset and Tessa was making fun of me for being so upset about it. <laughs> I was, and I was just super pissed. She was like, yeah, she was like, Jesus, it doesn't matter. Like, I can't believe you did that. You idiot. Like who cares? And I was like, I care. Like I collected those things. I really liked them. Like I was super bummed out. I don't know why I brought them outside in the first place, but yeah, I learned my lesson. <laughs> now, now they're in an airtight bag. And with that, I am satisfied. Me too, baby. Me too. Follow us at the usual places. Twitter.com Doc. backslash twit slash um, podcast. Facebook.com slash Keith's website. And make sure to like and subscribe because that's how we get paid. I can't remember. I can't believe you remember that every single time. Word for word. Yeah. It's, it's, my, it's my go out. It's a lot of information. Yeah.